You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We are a church that strives to have open hearts, open minds, and open doors as we make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is offering up our sermons for you to listen to. And so we hope you connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org or on our social media at TahlequahUMC. So enjoy today's message. To continue to center us in Lent, I want us to focus on Um, We're talking about fruitful practices of healthy congregations, and to center us again, I want to invite you in on reading a scripture with me um, that we read the first Sunday of Lent. And so let's read this scripture together. It's John 15, 5. Will you read this scripture with me? I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. I invite you in on that conversation to to think about that with Jesus, we can do anything. With Jesus, we can do anything. And in this fourth uh, fourth Sunday in the season of Lent, we're in that season of hyper-focusing our lives and ourselves upon making that connection with God. And maybe we decided to give up something. How's that going for you? Maybe we've decided to take on reading Scripture more. How's that going for you? Maybe, like me, one of the things I've decided to do this year for Lent is to really focus on my health and spiritual well-being, and it's been a fun journey, let me tell you, when I realize some of the things I do that I need to change. And we do all these things in the season of Lent, not just as a patch or a badge or like, you know, the stars that you got in elementary school that you know that if you completed the task that week, you would get your star. As an elementary kid, I never saw that. I was not really a high achiever. Uh, I may have one or two stars throughout the year. But we do this practice to grow our faith, to grow in our connection of God and to see maybe where we fall short. And so in the season of Lent, in worship, we're, we're gathering to talk about these five fruitful practices. And maybe you remember what we've talked about thus far. Last week, we talked about risk-taking mission and service. A couple weeks ago, we talked about intentional faith development. And then the first Sunday of Lent, we looked at radical hospitality. And Bishop Robert Snazy this week, in, in the regards to worship, he said this great line. He said, the practice of worship, singing, praying the sacraments, rehearsing connection to God and to others. People look at the world differently when we rehearse their unique calling as God's people and their identity as the body of Christ. And I love this line here. Worship changes the way people experience their whole lives. I'll say that again. Worship changes the way people experience their whole lives. And so every Sunday, for years and years and years, we gather in the name of Jesus to worship, to recenter us, to refocus us. And so today we're going to talk about the radical practice of worship. Will you join me in prayer? Gracious God, as the scripture is read, may it penetrate our hearts in such a way that we become renewed, transformed, and inspired to grow closer to you. Lord, open our ears to hear your words, open our eyes to see you in everybody that we see as we make our journeys. 
Lord, be with us in this time and this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Our scripture lesson for today comes from the book of Psalms, which is the Jewish worship book. Psalm 100. Listen to these words. Sout triumphantly to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with celebration. Come before Him with shouts of joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people. The sheep of His own pasture. Enter His gates with thanks and enter His courtyards with praise. Thanks Him. Bless Him. Because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever. His faithfulness lasts generation after generation. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The practice of passionate worship begins with us. It begins with us willing to commit to that practice. It begins with us willing to be who we are, to be who God created us to be, and be able to share that on Sunday morning. No matter what side of the rail we're on, we're participating in this together. We're, we're opening ourselves up to God and opening ourselves up to the practice of this. And it takes all of us to participate in this journey together. Worship wouldn't be worship without you all. And worship, definitely, worship would be a struggle without the choir. I have to admit, those Sundays that you're not there, I really struggle because you guys do such a great job that you enhance worship. But it's not about you all. It's about offering that gift to God and offering it to you all and maybe inspiring you all. Maybe something they sang was way better than anything I ever preached or Shanna prayed. But I was thinking, as Shanna was sitting there with with the kids in Lent, I really wanted to make a belly button Lent joke, but I thought I would refrain. I thought about just pulling out a piece and saying, this one's special and not, but I will leave that to be. But I don't know about you, but if I don't have worship, I feel drained. I feel wiped out. When we were on the mission trip, uh, we stopped intentionally. Uh, we were halfway there. We stopped intentionally in, um, in Dallas, Texas at Grace Avenue United Methodist Church. What a great name for United Methodist Church. Grace Avenue United Methodist Church. It's a newer church in Dallas. And one of the things that was really, I really appreciated is I went to the traditional service. I was the only one of our group went to the traditional service because that's where my soul resides. And the, everybody else went to the uh, modern rock service, and they can tell you about their experience. They had a great experience, and I had a great experience. But I was sitting there, and, and I do what I do when I attend a worship service, especially if it's a traditional service. I get ready to worship. And I don't just sit there and just waiting for things to begin. I, I mean, I, I physically get ready. I, I, get my, uh, I power up my Bible to look and see what verses they're reading from. I read through the scripture real fast to see what's going on. I, I still like having the hymnal, even though the words were on the screen. And, and, I, and I mark my places. You know, the beauty of inserts and bulletins is really more to mark your place in the hymnal so that way you can make that quick turn. And so I was getting ready for worship, and I, and I got situated, and I got set and ready to go, and, and I got shuffled down. Apparently, I was sitting in somebody's seat. But I didn't let that stop me. I, I just said, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll be okay. But then we started singing. 
And one of the things that always goes through my head is, is that shout to the Lord, sing to God with all that you are. And I know I'm not the world's best singer. I know I have no, I, there's no way I could be with you all. You are way better than I ever could. I would bring you down. I don't want to bring you down. But I know you guys would appreciate me if I came in because you guys are that kind of group. You would love me despite me being out of tune. But I was sitting there singing, and, and, and the woman who ushered me down, after worship, she shook my hand and introduced herself, and she said, you sing really good. You should join our choir. And, and I said, thank you for the invitation, but I'm just passing through. I'm uh, here on a, on a mission trip. We're headed to Houston to serve. And she said, oh, really? So you can't move here and join our choir? We could use someone like you. And I said, no, but thanks anyway. And I really appreciated that comment. I appreciated singing out loud because we sang some hymns that, that I like and, and sing some hymns that, that were near and dear to my heart that spoke to me as we were getting ready to go out and serve in mission. But I don't know about you, but when, when we don't worship together in community with people, we become like these things. Our battery power goes down and becomes drained, and, and we start seeing, oh, it's about halfway, I, I'm good, I can go another week with, that, with missing, and, and then the next thing you know, you're down to 25%, and you know, I'm okay, I, I'm right with God, sort of, and, and if we don't uh, engage ourselves, if we don't recharge ourselves weekly, the next thing we know, we're dead, and what good is this if it doesn't have a battery? It serves no purpose, although some people would shout for joy and be excited that this thing would die. And some of you kind of let it die anyway, just that way you don't have to mess with it. But our worship selves, our spiritual selves, if we don't constantly recharge ourselves, constantly try to make our battery grow and, and be better, we find it spiritually we die. And we don't feel connected. And so when it hits the fan, we feel lost and lonely. We need this recharge. We gather in worship to recharge ourselves, to, to offer ourselves to God and to sing God's praises. And, and this is a corporate thing. We need you just as much as you need me. Our job's just not as important as your job. Nothing is more beautiful. Let me tell you, I love when you all, when we do the a cappella and, and you all sing together because it's just so beautiful. You do a great job. That, that, that just that, that touches the soul in such a way that, that it, it gives us that passion that we should have in worship because I've been in a lot of churches. I've preached in a lot of churches where the worship service was flat and had no energy. And a few weeks ago when I was sitting with a liturgist and we were talking about liturgy training, one of the things I encouraged him to do was have some passion, have some energy, look through the stuff ahead of time, be ready to go because this is so important. What we offer to God, when we offer worship to God, no matter what side of the rail we are on, shows where we are with God. And if we don't give our whole selves, even if we can't sing, even if we don't know the words, even if we don't know the customs of when to sit down and when to stand up, but if we gave our best, imagine how God would respond to us. God would smile and be excited. Because God doesn't want us to hold anything back. He wants us to open ourselves and, and be fully present, no matter what's going on in our lives. Because I, let me tell you, there are some Sundays I don't want to come in here and I don't want to sing the songs. 
But then somebody says something or somebody prays something or somebody uh, sing, we sing a song that, that touched my heart and touched my soul and it breaks me out of that funk real fast. I love what Bishop Snazy said this week. He said, worship should express our devotion, our honor, and love of God. Passionate describes an intense desire, an ardent spirit, strong feelings, and the sense of heightened importance. Passionate speaks of emotional that goes beyond the intellectual consent. Passionate worship fosters a hearing to authentically honor God with excellence. You know, you could let him come up. I would be glad to hold him. To honor God with excellence and with an unusual clarity about connecting God to people. My hope and prayer, when I pray down there every Sunday before worship, is, Lord, may they hear you in everything we do. Lord, those that are hurting, listen. Lord, those that need you, may they find you this Sunday. We need corporate worship together because it helps us spend time in community. We are part of the body of Christ. Paul didn't say we are part of the individual of Christ. He said we're part of the body of Christ. And when we come together and worship and, and we, with other people and we celebrate God, some days we, we have it and some days it feels great and some days something speaks to us and we feel that connection and we long for it. Or some days we feel inspired to go out and serve in mission and service. Or some days we find that we finally look at ourselves and say, you know what, I could sing in the choir. I should go talk to Bob. Or I could ring the bells. I'll go talk to Linda. Or I can help with the youth. I'll go talk to Jamie. Or I can help with the, the children. I'll go talk to Ashley. And you know, no matter what's happening in our lives right now, God wants us. We are God's people, as the psalm reminded us today. And anything that the scriptures tell me is that God takes care of his sheep. And I know there are days that you don't want to be here, but you know you come because you love God that much and you want to offer what you have to God. And so I was looking at the um, evangelism. I had Barbie print off me a list of people who had attended worship this quarter and um, was looking at statistically and seeing things of, of deals in worship, uh, my heart was broken. And this is why we ask you to, to register because it helps us really see where things are at and where people are. And, but what broke my heart the most was that we only had about five people have what I would call an A in worship. That's 90% attendance in the last three months and above. An A in worship. And those people know who they are. I called them this week and said thank you. We had a good chunk of 80, a good chunk of, uh, of 70, a good chunk at 60, and then we had some one to zero times. What would it take for you to increase your attendance in worship? What would it take for you to move from being a B person to an A person? What would it take for you from being a C to a B? Or if you really want to go radical, go from a C to an A. Or maybe you're one of those D people and, and you want to be a D to an A. Or maybe you're one of those uh, people that are on the bottom and you want to be better. So take a step up. Come a little bit more frequently. 
And I bet you'll discover that God's going to pull you and work on you and answer your prayers in such a way that by the time you step it up and by the time you reflect back, you'll say, oh, wow, God was present and God pushed me and God helped me grow because that's how God takes care of a sheep. He's waiting for you to offer yourself to him. And that's why I love the line, enter his gates with thanks. We come to worship to, to give thanks to God and, and for all that he's done for us. We give thanks to God for this beautiful day that he has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in that. We come to worship to thank him and to bless his holy name. And I love verse 5, because the Lord is good. His loyal love lasts forever and his faithfulness lasts generation after generation. You want to know how to get younger people in the church? Because that's the question you all ask me all the time. Show up. It's that simple, isn't it? Show up and be fully present for who you are. Be those good people, those loving and caring people that, that, that you are. Just show up and allow God to work on you and work through you and, and be the hands, feet, and heart of God. And, and that doesn't just mean Sunday morning show up. That means Sunday night or Wednesday or whenever it is that there's a space for you. We have a place for you to open yourself up. But that drains your battery a little bit and you need to be recharged. And so you come to worship and you offer God yourself and your prayers and you shout to the Lord. Thank you, God. That's why we come to worship. And if we do it with passion and energy, then imagine how that catches. It, it, it does catch, let me tell you. There's a classic John Wesley quote that goes kind of like this. It's a paraphrase, and it's not really definitely a John Wesley quote, but it's usually attributed to him. If you catch on fire, people will come for miles to see you burn. And I'll let you take that however in context you need to. But when you have the power and fire of the Holy Spirit, it is so catchy, it is so, it is so inspiring that it propels you to serve and love God in an unbelievable way. And so we come to worship. This week I was reading through some stories about uh, singing and singing. And, 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 I came across this really funny story in NPR. It happened in Montreal, Canada, and apparently in Montreal, in certain boroughs, they have certain noise-level um, laws that you can't be as loud. You know, you can't be loud. You have to be really quiet when you go through those parts of town. And this 38-year-old dad was driving to the grocery store, and he popped a, a CD uh, into his stereo, and it was um, that hit song from 1990s, "Everybody Dance Now." Maybe those of you that know that song, it plays in your head, you're already singing it. So that song came on, and he did what everybody does. Probably everybody in their car is a great singer because everybody in their car when they're traveling seems to want to sing at least one song. The youth on the mission trip will tell you that I, I turned up um, We Are the Champions and Bohemian Rhapsody. They played those both back to back. I thought I'd wake them up a little bit. But the dad turned up the car radio and, and, and just started belting that song, Everybody Dance Now. And then all of a sudden, he saw car sirens going off behind him. And he thought, oh, they're just going to pass me by and they're going to go somewhere else. And, and lo and behold, no, they get stuck behind him. And so he pulled over. 
Asked the police officer what was going on, and, and he apparently had violated this noise uh, law. And, and they took his license and registration, and they gave him a nice little ticket, a $149 ticket to be exact. And think about this. What if you were like this father? You didn't feel like you were singing too loud, but you were singing so loud that you were praising God in everything that we do. So when we come to worship, could you imagine if they gave out speeding tickets for the Methodist church, loud noise tickets, if we could be so loud when we sing and when we pray and when we preach, if we were so loud that the city of Tahlequah told us to be quiet. What would that look like? That would look like every one of us participating and giving our all, even, even if we have just a little, even if we gave it all. And that passionate worship would show through what we do. And lives would be touched and transformed by what we do. So this week, I want to challenge you this week to practice passionate worship in everything you do. Not just on Sunday morning. I want you to come back next Sunday morning, bring two or three friends. But in everything we do, what if we show that passionate love of God to this world? Just in your little small circle, go where God is leading you. And those little things that we've talked about, radical hospitality, intentional faith development, risk-taking mission and service, passionate worship, they'll all fall in line if you agree to serve God because the Lord is good and that love lasts forever. And for those words, church, let us all say amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, and we hope you connect with us at TahlequahUMC.org.